the thing that's at least deceiving for me whenever I use a sander is it looks pretty smooth until I prime it again with a flat color and then I'm like, And then oh. you can see every imperfection. <laughs> yeah. It gets, it, it gets so much worse if you paint it silver. If you paint, I don't know why, but silver paint just highlights every oh. single flaw you've ever made. Silver's like the bane of my existence. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Meet the Makers podcast. I have our very special, very first guest here, Mr. Will. You may know him if you're on TikTok or if you're on other social media, if you're a maker yourself as Mr. Alto. Thank you so much for coming here. We're so glad to have you on the first episode. And for people who may not know, you actually make like my favorite 3D print of all time ever. I don't know if you get like a lot of comments on this, but whenever I post a video with this print in it, like... It just, it blows up for me. Have you gotten like an interesting response to posting that? Not really. If people see it like in person, they'll usually say something about it, but um, I don't really model that much. So that's one of the few things I did model. I made it for for my boss before I left my last job. So I left it in his office and he threw it away the next day. That's fun. It's like actually the most common comment that I get from people. People are always like, oh my God, I need to print out like 50 of these and leave them for all my coworkers. So there definitely seems to be some animosity around to have one of their coworkers needing these <laughs> awards printed out. That's cool though. So have you had an interest in 3D modeling in general or like what softwares do you typically use? I do you want to learn more about modeling come an engineer major but that's oh. more of like mechanical design but i have tried learning blender a little bit i did a donut tutorial and i just haven't messed around with it too much more than that because there's a lot especially with all like the nodes and all the features underneath you have to add and to change the texture and all that so it's a little hard to learn yeah, modeling, it's, I can watch other people's videos, like yeah, the donut video, I feel like that one's a very popular one, but I watch other people's videos and I'm like, man, they make it look so easy and it's just like an infinite wormhole. I feel like you can go down to develop your knowledge for it, but it's also crazy too, because, you know, some people I'll see, they post videos and they're like, oh, I've only been modeling for six months, but they make the most amazing thing. To me, if I could make this, that would be like a 10 out of 10. No, that's interesting. So you were into 3D printing then before you ever did modeling? Yeah, so I started 3D printing when I had an internship after I got out of high school. My programming teacher got me set up with it and then they had a 3D printer there. He was having me like build a robot basically and I needed some like custom parts so he brought in his own 3D printer. He didn't really explain anything about it. He was just like, yeah, just upload the file in here and don't change any settings, hit print. And he like had it all calibrated and everything for me. So if there was a problem, I'd just be like, hey, this is doing this. He'd be like, okay, he like go and fix it for me. I, I don't know what it was. I think it was like a custom built printer at the time. But I did a little bit of a modeling for it in like Google SketchUp, which was a very like buggy software for me to use. So started like both at the same time, but I didn't really get my first printer until a couple years later. I bought, they can't see it, but you can, the CR10 <laughs> yeah. right there. Uh, so I bought that and then I just started printing that really stopped modeling most mostly after that but that was when i started getting into printing interesting now i'm i don't mean to age you here but if you don't mind me asking like how long ago were you in school because i feel, when i was in school i feel like 3d printing was just revolutionary technology like i can't imagine that being introduced into school to me i graduated high school in 2019 and i started okay. my intern i taught the internship like the last month i was in school so that was kind of like doing both for a little bit but 
then I did it for that summer before I started college. Okay, yeah. So you're quite a bit younger than me, but it's super cool just like hearing how everybody gets into it, like in being introduced to it in school and especially having somebody who can, like you said, he kind of like set up the settings, like, don't touch anything. But I, I don't know if you felt this way being on social media and like printing, but at least for me, especially when I was new to it, it was like, I had so many questions and just having other people there to ask questions and help, it was like a game changer for me. I don't think if it wasn't for the online communities, I probably would have just given up on it altogether. Yeah, like Reddit, especially like r slash 3D printing, r slash fix my print, like those were probably my biggest go-to places when I started printing and I didn't know what I was doing. Even like now, like I'm having a problem with one of my printers. I posted it like last night still so i still use it like a lot because there's always something to learn about 3d printing yeah at least once a week if some china is problem i'm trying to troubleshoot and it's like no matter how obscure it is somebody in the community comes out of the woodwork and always seems to know the answer to it so it's great speaking of big projects so i saw on your recent post the most recent update i think we had was that you were working on an iron man suit and we were on the last update about 130 ish days out from it how is everything going with that project? Right now I have uh, 115 days until I need it done for DreamCon in Austin. I haven't gotten too much done because I've been running out of filament. So I've been mostly working on attaching everything with like buckles and magnets and trying to get that all figured out. And then I'm also reprinting the helmet because it fits, but it's like really tight right now. So I'm like, if I wear this for eight hours a day for a whole weekend, it's, I'm going to have a killer headache. <sighs> I'm trying to avoid that. Yeah, because like I got it the right size that it fit. I didn't even think about it like, pressing slightly against my head a little bit. I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. I'm like, well, would it be though? And yeah, reprinting that to be like 2% bigger. And then the biggest problem I'm having right now is figuring out how to motorize the back flaps because there's no set way in the model to do it. It's just, oh, here are the flaps. Try to move them yourself. And then also the scaling them hoping it's big enough or small enough to fit me perfectly, but I'm worried that it's going to be like too big or too small or something. Oh man, I have so many questions about this. So it's interesting what you said actually about the helmet piece of it, because I've never done any kind of print like that before. Like the biggest thing I've done is maybe like this big and that felt like a major print to me. But have you done like cosplays? Before? Like, I feel like I would have never thought of, it makes sense you seeing it, but I would have never thought to make, scale it up so it's not pressed against your head when you're wearing it for eight hours. Have you done something like that before? Not like too much. I've done like other helmets before. So I've done like a couple like Mark 46 helmets and like Mark 39. Every time I do it, I try to make it better than the last one. So the helmets I'm working on right now, I'm hoping it would be like my best product so far. But other than that, I haven't really done too much like cosplay, like armor pieces or anything like that. Uh, my only other like cosplayers I've done were like store-bought from like Amazon. So is this, I guess you've done helmets before, but would you say this is, is it fair to say this is your most ambitious project yet? Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I started this probably the last Spider-Man movie came out. I started, like, the arm just because I wanted the arm to be done at that time. And I was like, whenever I decide to make the rest of the suit, at least I'll already have an arm. And I didn't even finish that arm. It's just, like, like half-sanded and sitting there, and then I dropped it and it broke. And then it doesn't match the scale of the rest of the suit, so I had to redo it anyway. So uh, I've been working on this for quite a while. I started, like, actually getting into the suit when I got the tickets for DreamCon. And Kyle's like, oh, I got the tickets. I didn't even think about, oh, what am I going to wear? How's a good time? Is I need to start this suit? And so I'm hoping I get it done before July. It's a ways out, but I feel like the timeline, especially on a project of that size, comes up quick. I am such a procrastinator, so I know I would wait until a couple weeks before, and it would, I don't think I would ever get it done. But do you find yourself like working spurts with it? And like, how do you kind of balance like 
other things you want to print in between or have you just been going like hard full steam ahead on printing stuff for this it's definitely really hard to balance everything especially because i'm like in school still i'm working and plus this and my etsy and all that it's, it's a lot to balance so i definitely do it in little spurts i'll be like really motivated for four days in a row and then i'll be like working on it nonstop, and then all of a sudden i'll just run into one little problem and it'll just throw me off my groove and i just sit there and like despair for two weeks uh so it's definitely like a lot of spirits and everything. Uh, I know you mentioned the back flaps. Is there something that you've run into with building this so far that has been like the pinnacle of just so difficult to overcome or anything that really stands out in that regard? I think the biggest problem besides that would be like sanding the whole thing because I'm very much a perfectionist when it comes to finishing my prints. And so I see the one little detail that like, one little tiny layer line i'm like i need to resand this whole thing and i'm like now i'm trying to tell myself no one's going to see that one line like people go to cons all the time they have a couple layer lines here and there and no one notices the pictures still look great and so it won't really matter in the end but i'm like oh but there's a little little tiny nick like behind my finger no one's going to see it but i know it's there and it's going to bother me so i'm trying to like be better about that so i can actually get the whole thing done that balance of done is better than perfect it's i feel like at least for me it's it's a hard balance to strike up and i'm curious how you feel because i know you mentioned that you like do etsy for me at least like i have a version of what i'll call done where i'm like this is good enough to post a TikTok video of it. No one will really notice if they don't look too close. But then when you're going out to a con where people are like going to be up close in person or you're sending it off as an Etsy order, do you find for you that adds like an extra level of needing to get like that perfect sand on it and things like that? Oh yeah, for sure. Those are a couple of times I've done a, a, one of those trophies for Etsy. Someone ordered it painted and I finished painting it and everything. And then I look at it one last time before I package it up and I'm like, this isn't good enough. So then I like clear coat on it to like smooth it over, stain the clear coat down again, and then we paint it. Anytime I have anything that I'm sending out to other people, like I have a standard that's okay for me, and then a standard if I'm sending it to somebody else, I'm like, I just want it to be that extra level of perfect. I guess, can you just talk me through what your process is from sanding from like start to finish, especially like for these things you tend to be a little more meticulous on? Yeah. So my sanding process is always changing. Like I always try new things every time I hear a new tip or a trick or. I just think of something like they might work. So it's never gonna be like the exact same process throughout. I don't think there's one perfect way to finish a print, but typically I'll sand it down with like 80 grit sandpaper on the raw print off the printer. And then I'll do the same thing, but with 220 grit. And then I'll put some primer down and then I'll take a Bondo, which is for like cars, I don't know if you've used it but you can i usually take that and either apply it directly to the print and stuff it in the layer lines or i mix it with some acetone to water it down and then i just like paint it on there and try to get all the layer lines filled with that and then once that's dry i'll go ahead and sand it down again just repeat that until i'm eventually satisfied if that ever happens and then after that i'll if i'm like trying to rush it a little bit i might clear coat it before i do anything and then, because like clear coat's really good for filling in those gaps and smoothing it naturally. So then I'll let that dry and then sand that down and it gets it pretty smooth after that. And then I can start painting. One of the things in there that you talked about was Bondo. I, I don't know if it's actually the same thing. I use, it's called Glazing Putty, the one that I have. I think it's very similar to Bondo. It looks the same, at least it's got that like red tint to it. 
Now, in your experience, do you find that it's better to build up small layers of it and keep sanding it down and going back and forth? Or do you tend to fill in really thick like layers and just try and go for it all in one shot? What do you find is best there? I try not to waste it. So I, I typically try to go in like smaller layers, especially when I water it down to acetone. But if it's like a really bad like layer lines and it's like really wavy because it's like a taller print, I'll tend to like just like lather it on there, let it do most of the work for me. One of the things I hear a lot of people say about Bondo is it's like pretty toxic. So I see everybody always have like their masks on and all that stuff. Have you experimented with any other fillers or has Bondo definitely been like just your go-to over the years? It's definitely been my go-to, but I'm looking at taking an idea from, uh, I forget her name. I think it's like RG Bria or something yeah, on TikTok. Yeah. She uses like this modeling paste and like waters it down with water. And she says it's non-toxic and it works like pretty well and like on the same level as Bondo. So I'm going to get that probably pretty soon and try that. But I've only used Bondo and I tried like wood filler one time and it, the wood filler just didn't work. I don't know if it was like the one brand I used or something, but it like did not stick to the plastic at all. That's interesting. The wood filler is the one I have not tried and it's been on my list. So it's interesting to hear you say that. One that I don't see a lot of people talking about. I just like didn't know any better at the time. I'd been printing for like a couple weeks and I used like drywall spackle and I actually loved it. It had great results, but I think Bond was like a little more of an official solution. I typically, I almost always exclusively print in PLA. Have you found any like benefits or differences in if you're post-processing and like sanding down things like PLA versus PETG versus anything else? I actually haven't used PETG yet. I was planning on getting some probably after I get like all this stuff for the suit printed is when I was planning on experimenting more with like other filaments and stuff like that. I have used ABS before. Mm -hmm. It was the first Christmas after I got my printer. My mom bought me some filament and it was ABS because she didn't know like the difference between filaments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I didn't have an enclosure so I built one like out of cardboard and just put like, basically like a really big cardboard box over my printer and put <laughs> some like LED lights in it. And it was like really janky but I used that and I didn't like experiment with like acetone smoothing or anything like that because yeah. I was still it was like two months into me printing, so I did not know what I was doing yet. So I didn't experiment with any of that, so I'll probably end up doing that too in the future. But besides ABS, I haven't used any other filaments. I have always been terrified of ABS. I don't know. It's probably not that bad, but I've always been scared to try it. Petchy, I have good experiences with, and my like favorite, if I just want to do something fun, is TPU. Oh, I have used TPU. I forgot oh. about that. I've only used one roll, though, so... Um, it took me like half the roll just to calibrate it. And then after that, I was going to really <laughs> clean prints though. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little tougher mental. Do you, are your printers, do you use like a direct drive or do you use Bowden tube setups? I was using Bowden tube and that's why it wasn't working. So then I converted one to a direct drive. Then I ended up switching it back from direct drive after that, but I turned it to direct drive just for that and it ended up working fine after that. That's cool. Now coming back to your Iron Man suit, again, I have so many questions about this. So when you first set out on this, is there like pre-made files that are like full size that you work off of or are you scaling up just like a small model? How does that whole process work? DO3D.com has a lot of uh, suit files and props and stuff like that, especially for movies. They especially focus on Marvel and DC movies, but they have some stuff from Game of Thrones and stuff like that. But I got the files from there. But the problem is it's scaled for a really thin person okay. is how the suits usually are. Is they're not like really proportionate to like normal people. I'm like a little bit bigger myself, not like I'm like 200, 210 pounds, something like that. So 
I'm not like super skinny like Robert Downey Jr. is in the movies, how they edit his suit to be really <laughs> yeah. slim. So they based the model off the movies and stuff like that and how it looks. Mm. And so they, since they slim it down in the movie, they slimmed it down the file in real life. So that's the biggest problem is like scaling it up. And so there's like some software for that called Armasmith. It's $30. And then you can like measure your body and like your, your arm, your legs, like a bunch of different measurements. You put them all in. And then it makes like a little avatar for you. And then you oh. take and you take the files, put them on the little dummy that you have. And then you can scale them so it fits the dummy. And if it fits the dummy, it should fit you. So the problem is I'm trying to like keep it proportional. So like my my legs are like a lot thicker than they are long, like compared to the file. So I had to make them wider, but I couldn't make them longer because then I would, yeah. need, I would I would need like longer legs so I tried to make them like as wide as I could without making it longer and without distorting the whole thing and so I had a lot of different iterations of the suit that looked really weird on compute on the computer before I started printing it when you start putting these pieces together is there ever a point where they just don't quite align or has that been a problem for you yeah I just recently got the chest and the full back done in that update video you mentioned, it was like half the back in it, but the whole back is done. And I started like connecting them and the, where the chest meets the back on the sides, it like doesn't fully line up, but the chest is like a little flexible cause it's like big and thin. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming it's like slightly warped from just like sitting around for a couple weeks. So I'm trying to like use like the magnets and buckles to line everything up properly. When you're printing out these pieces, does it get difficult to keep track of what pieces go together where? Or how do you manage all of that? For this suit, I think since I spent so much time looking at the files on Hermit Smith, I've kind of like associated what they look like. When they print out, I'm like, oh, this is definitely like the forearm. My problem is like when I go to left versus right side because you know, the suit's symmetrical. So then I'll just take a Sharpie on the inside of it. I'll just write like left arm or something like that. Yeah, it's almost, I don't know if you've ever moved into a different house, but I remember I moved, I'd have all my boxes labeled of what room and stuff like that. So I guess it's a similar process. Yeah. And in terms of connecting them all together, did I hear, did I hear you say you use magnets to connect them all together? Uh, yeah, so you use buckles and magnets, like just little, like those buckles you get on like your backpack to like keep like the straps mm -hmm. the middle yeah. and the, together. I didn't want to buy any, so I just found out buy on 3D printed buckles because why not? But then <laughs> I bought like these magnets for like purse claps. Like I bought like a like hundred pack of them like a while ago for a project and ended up not using them. So I still have a hundred magnets. So I just kind of like melt the plastic a little bit and put it in there and then uh, use like leftover rafts to make it so they can pull over and go around it and cl clasp into the other side. I forget who I saw. Oh man, I wish I could remember, but they were making like a suit and I saw they had those little purse clasps and they just swung into each other. I would have never thought to use that, but it was like the perfect application. And I don't know if you can relate, but since I've gotten into 3D printing, I my closet has just slowly evolved into all these random things. Like I have straps for purses and I have springs for this little gun that I made and it's just slowly accumulating all these different components through my prints. Oh yeah, I have these little cheap like plastic drawer things that someone got from Walmart and then they moved and didn't want them anymore so they gave them to me. And I have them like full of like random like 3D printing parts, like electronics, like LEDs, batteries, resistors, like just a bunch of like random stuff in there. And 
So I have two of those just like full of like 3D printing stuff and like random things that don't seem like they're for 3D printing. It's crazy how many things I've I've acquired just in the short amount of time. But like you said, it's from different hobbies I've been in in the past. There's whether it's cars or whether in my case, like plants, there's always seems to be like strange overlaps between 3D printing and these other hobbies. Yeah. So I, t- I tend to like go in a store and like we're like at Target or something and we're walking around and I'm like, oh, I want this. And my girlfriend will be like, why would you want that? And I'll be like, for 3D printing. She's like, how does that have anything to do with 3D printing? I'm like, just just wait, just you wait. So now I get it and she'll be like, that was so random. Like, why would you think to use that for 3D printing? I feel like I've slowly become a hoarder since I've gotten into 3D printing because now I'm always at the camp. Anything that I have, if it's broken, I'm like, I could just fix it with my 3D printer. If I don't want anyone, I could redesign it with my 3D printer. So it's it's definitely caused me to fall into some strange hoarding tendencies over here. Now, I saw you post about this. A lot of people were actually posting about this a while back over the last couple of weeks about the potential TikTok ban. Now, it seems like we've kind of like made it through and it probably isn't going to happen, but what's kind of like your thoughts on that? And if I guess TikTok were to get banned, at least for me, it's like my main platform. What would that kind of look like for you? Would you go to other platforms or what do you think? I already have Instagram and I'm, I'm on Twitter, but like I don't really post anything on there because it was like my personal Twitter, but I like never used it. So I, I'm like converting it to like 3D printing Twitter. So it has like a profile from like picture from when I was like, 16 or something so it's like way outdated i haven't used it for anything but then the other platform i'm about to get into is youtube i'm actually mm. adding a video for that right now for like my first video and i just gotta work out the last couple of like kinks of the video because it's like an upgrade video once i get that figured out that'll be like my first like youtube video and that will hopefully be my main platform if tiktok's banned but i'm as of today I'm at like six followers away from hitting like a thousand followers on TikTok. Oh, that's nice. like my big, it's my biggest, it's my biggest platform. So I hope they don't take it away that and for a lot of other reasons that have nothing to do with TikTok itself. If you're watching this and you're not following Mr. Alto on TikTok, go follow him so that he can get to his thousand followers. But yeah, it's, I have the opposite experience. So I came from YouTube, like that was always the platform that I was just like always on. I, I'm like a little bit older than you. So I like from the time I was maybe like 13, like I always had various YouTube channels. Like they were never really successful. But when I first got into 3D printing, I started like looking on YouTube and I just, I didn't feel like the community was like as strong there. And even still, I repost some of like my content on YouTube and like gets engagement. But I, I personally love TikTok. It's to me just like such a strong community there, at least on the 3D printing side of things. And I met so many cool people. Like I never could have expected when I bought my printer that I would just like almost overnight meet so many cool people. Yeah. Like TikTok, like you said, TikTok is a great community for 3D printing. And then that is probably followed closely by Reddit, except for those quite a few toxic people there still. But Overall, it's a great community, but like when I go on like Instagram or YouTube, it's full of like little clubs. It's these little groups of people that are just like together on these platforms, but like the overall community just isn't there. At least in my experience, it seems like more people on TikTok post content on there. I think maybe because it's just like easier to get into or maybe it's less intimidating for some people, whereas 
I feel like on YouTube, there's a lot of people who consume content, but don't necessarily make content. And I think that kind of like has a different relationship. I There's people I talk to who they don't make a ton of content or they don't make any content, but I really feel like it's fun when you start like meeting people and you're both making content, you can keep up with each other's projects and things like that. So I don't know if that's why, but yeah, I just, I've always found TikTok, at least since I've been on there for the last couple months to, to be my favorite community I've ever been part of on like a social media platform. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, I've met like a lot of great people like you, yourself, for example, like on TikTok and I don't think I would have met those people if I was just like posting on like, Instagram or YouTube. It's been yeah. Very great to be on TikTok. Now, like going off YouTube, so you said that you potentially want to post on there. I guess like long-term for you, do you have goals of, I hate the word like content creator, but do you want to be like a content creator influencer or do you like more so just like post content for fun? What's that kind of like for you? I'm most, I kind of like started just to like have people to share what I do because I feel like the people I'm around like every day, I talk about it too much and I like <laughs> bore them a little bit. Yeah. I, when I like have something I'm passionate about, I like to talk about it like nonstop. So I figured it'd be a great way to share it without annoying everyone around me anymore. <laughs> so that's why I started it. Now it's mostly to like promote my Etsy a little bit more. So hopefully mm-hmm. after I finish this suit, I can like go more into Etsy and hopefully not work my current job and just do that eventually. That would probably take quite a while to get there, but I wouldn't mind doing like content creation after a while yeah i feel content creation at etsy especially on tiktok i feel like tiktok tiktok i feel like it goes so well if you're selling to like consumers as opposed to selling to businesses i feel like tiktok is such a great app to be on especially for things where you know you're like actually physically making it i feel like people really enjoy the content and it seems to be a great way for driving traffic so i hope that it works out for you how long have you been doing etsy for i think i started it in i think November or October of last year. So not, not too long. And I don't usually keep my inventory pretty soft because I'm usually focusing on other things. But like I said, after the suit is done and have a little bit more time on my hands to like do other things, I'm hoping I'll be able to like get some extra inventory on there, get new items on there and just be able to sell a lot more. Definitely. And my Etsy shops I've run, it's, it's like kind of a balance. I, at least for me, I think some people are so successful only having a couple items, but like the more that I grew my inventory, it seemed like it just helped drive sales. And then you have those standout products that always seem to sell the best, but it's so hard when you're just one person trying to make the content and make the actual things that you're selling and do customer service. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Like during Christmas time, I was selling way too many trophies and they're all ordering like painted ones. So I got to go there and send them all and stuff. And I was trying to prepare for a vacation for a Christmas break. And so after, after that, I was like, okay, I'm, I need a little break from painting all these trophies. So <laughs> yeah. I, I removed my inventory temporarily, but then I like added like basically like the small ones back and but I didn't really have painted ones in stock because I don't have any right now. So that kind of killed off like the trophy selling temporarily, but I'm fine with that because I need a little break to focus on the suit. I definitely can relate to that. It sounds like your trophies are like like a hot seller for you. Does it ever, when you're selling like the same thing over and over, do you find it monotonous to work on the same project or is it like you have your process down and you just know exactly how to get it from start to finish? Uh, a little bit of both. It was very like, annoying to have to do the same thing over and over again but because i was doing the same thing over and over again it made it go by a lot faster every time i did one so we're taking like a couple days of like sanding like for a little bit a day 
because I, I don't like standing for long periods of time. So I'll stand like 30 minutes to an hour and then like pick it up the next day. So instead of taking me like two days to finish them, it would start taking me like one day. And then it just took longer just to paint it just because the paint has to dry before I add another layer. But I only sell them in one color. I don't like do like multicolor paint on it. So it makes it a lot easier. I just turn them gold and or silver or whatever color they pick and then let it dry and then wrap it up and it's it's a day. You said 30 minute sanding sessions. Do you all like hand sand your items or do you use any sort of power tools, anything like that? It depends mostly on what I'm sanding. There's trophies for the actual block part. I'll tend to use like a power, like a orbital sander on it because it's just a flat surface. But for the, the rest of it, since it's curved and stuff, it makes it a lot easier just to sand it because I can just kind of shape my hand to the curve of the trophy and just have the paper like in my hand. And it, I feel like it's a lot easier that way instead of trying to smooth, smooth like a circle with a flat surface. Like I feel like it's just not as easy that way. So this depends yeah. on what I'm sanding. Hey, I wish I would have talked to you like a month ago because I made that mistake. I had this big circular print that I was trying to sand down and I had just gotten like a power sander and in my mind it's like, oh, this is going to make this go so much faster. So I sanded it down with that. And it the thing that's at least deceiving for me whenever I use a sander is it looks pretty smooth until like I prime it again with a flat color and then like And then oh. you can see every imperfection. <laughs> yeah. It gets, it, it gets so much worse if you paint it silver. Like you paint, I don't know why, but silver paint just highlights every oh. single flaw you've ever made. Silver's the bane of my existence. <laughs> yeah, I use, I typically use a gray primer, which probably still isn't as bad as silver, but every time I'm always like, oh yeah, it's, it's, practically perfect and then I prime it I'm like okay just getting back to the drawing board but yeah my my power sander it like took just it was like taking these big chunks out and it just made it was like a 20 time longer process than had I just stuck to hand sanding it so I was curious if, I, if you were using anything I see some people use like a Dremel and so I yeah. got one and I, I don't know I can't stand up a Dremel it like just rips rips it apart every time I use it I've tried like different tips different speeds and I'll, I can't, I can't sand the way they do. So I'll use it for like little gaps that my sander can't reach in. I'll use it for that because if it takes a little chunk off, it's probably too small to notice anyway. But other than that, I just waste my money buying a Dremel for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I did the same thing. When I first got into printing, I went a little crazy and bought like Dremels and I can't like the soldering irons and all heat guns and all these like different things, which I rarely use but occasionally there's the situation where they do come in handy for like your name mr alto is there like a backstory to mr alto or how that name um, came about so when i was in sixth grade i started playing the alto saxophone and then i think in like seventh grade i took like a web design class and we had to make like a website and like actually post it and so i didn't want to put personal information on there because most people just putting like their name as okay, like yeah. the website, like, like Julianne Smith's website. And yeah. I'm like, I don't want people just knowing my name. So as I'm on the internet now every day, but back then I was like, I'm in seventh grade. I don't want everyone knowing my name. So I was like, what, what like nickname could I think of to put it on there? And I'm like, like at the time, like saxophone was like my whole personality. Okay. I was like, I can do like something with the saxophone. Let's see, I can do C-Man. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> nah. So I ended up like going with Mr. Alto and I just ended up making that my username on like everything. Every time I got like a new like account or app or something, I'll just put Mr. Alto because it was consistent. 
So I guess it worked out. They'll make a brand off of it later on. First of all, I feel like you went to the coolest fucking school. You had like web design classes. You had 3D printers. I had, they were like, okay, your choices are algebra or geometry. We, we, we did didn't really have, the same things. we didn't really have 3D printers at my school, but we did, we did have one when I moved to Oklahoma. Okay. They had one there because that school had a lot of money. And so they had a bunch of random stuff there. They had a lot of money, but they put it all in like sports and clubs and stuff. And the education itself was like not very great. (laughs) So it was very, it was very weird transition there, but they had cool stuff like a 3D printer that I just never used in high school. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting getting to be on both sides of that. And it's cool that you, I, when I heard your name, I always in the back of my mind, I thought maybe like you were like a singer in alto, but I guess the alto sax makes more sense. Do you still play saxophone or any other instruments? Uh, I haven't picked up my saxophone in a couple of years um, just because I've been busy for a lot of other things. So I'm sure like I sound like crap now probably, but (laughs) I don't know. I've I've been thinking about picking it up again lately just to see see how it goes again. But I I never had the intention to play like professionally or in college or anything. So after like high school, I just kind of like set it down for infinite time, I guess. You probably can't see it, but right under that couch, I actually have my violin from when I was in high school and I played for 10 years, which you would never know because I, even after 10 years, was never good at playing violin. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's, I I keep it around and I, even though I'm not very good, I can't get rid of it. I don't know. It's just like personal connection. It's like, it's like a a part of you because it was like 10 years is like a long time to like just drop something and throw it away after having it for that long so i totally get that yeah i'm i'm of the same camp too i haven't played it i haven't picked it up in a while but in the back of my mind i'm always like one day i'm gonna just break it out and one day it's it's the curse of being interested in so many things like you said it's it's hard to balance everything and have time for all the things you want to explore in life yeah if i if i had the time and money to like do everything i wanted to do like it would it would be it'd be so great but on the other hand, I wouldn't be able to get good at any one thing. Well, Mr. Alto, it was a pleasure having you on. Is there anything else that you want to tell the people before we jump off today and maybe tell them a little bit about where they can find you and that they should definitely go follow you on TikTok to get you to your 1,000 followers? Yeah, so on TikTok, you can find me at Mr.Alto. Instagram is Mr. Underscore Alto 19. Basically, any other platform would be like some iteration of Mr. Alto or Mr. Alto 19. If you're unsure, you can always go to my Instagram and there's a link tree page there that has everything I have linked there. So if you always want to check that out, that's the best way you can find me. But also if you are thinking about getting into 3D printing or any other like maker hobby, just get into it. Like the worst thing that can happen is you don't end up liking it, but at least you, you tried. So always, at least I feel like it's better just to try to get into something and not like it rather than never try and wonder if you would have liked it. I second that. I think that was great advice. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being our very first guest on here. And with that said, that is Meet the Makers. We will see you next time.